You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 16. And we're going to read through this psalm to kind of lay the foundation and get familiar with uh, this psalm itself. And then I'll do my very best to break it down and, and uh, try to share with you what the Lord has spoken to me about in this psalm. In Psalm 16, in verse 1, the Bible says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons." I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would take this psalm this evening. God, would you use it in our hearts and in our lives this week? God, as we look at the subject of this psalm, and and I believe throughout this psalm we see this word joy. God, I pray that you please uh, uh, allow me to be used of you tonight. I pray that our hearts will be open, and God, that we would be receptive and allow you to, to bend our will to match yours. God, I pray that uh, you would bless the remainder of this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now this psalm, the title at the beginning is Mishtam of David. That, that word Mishtam, I don't know if I, I pronounce it right, but that word, it means a prayer or meditation. This psalm is referred to as a golden psalm, a, a psalm that is valued above gold, which I think if we took the whole Bible and according to what the Bible says, we can say, hey, this whole Bible is, is better than gold. There's the amens. And uh, this Psalm 16 is also a messianic psalm. It's a psalm that David, uh, he, he's uh, a type of Christ. And as we see David here, he's, he's giving an insight and predicting the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who's going to come. And one day he will be resurrected. We see that through uh, verses 8 through 11 there, uh, especially in verse 10, how it says, Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. We see uh, in Acts how uh, the the apostles there, they quote this psalm in in proving that Jesus was foretold to to rise from the dead in Acts 2. We won't take time to go there. But uh, tonight I'd like to look at, starting with the last verse, and I hope my goal is this last verse, if we understand and grasp what it says, I think we'll, be, we'll begin to understand that throughout this psalm, it's all referring to that word of fullness of joy. In verse 11, look with me, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand 
there are pleasures forevermore. Now, I know Pastor, and I don't have the privilege to be in here to hear Pastor on Sunday mornings, but I know we're going through um, the, the, the Psalm of Joy for the Journey, uh, uh, the series Joy for the Journey. And uh, uh, probably something I'll say is, uh, is repetitive, and forgive me for that, but just to lay the groundwork, this word joy, it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, or the passion or emotion excited by the expectation of good, or it could be a glorious or triumphant state. And when we look at that last term, we could look at Hebrews 2, uh, 12, 2, that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That was that he was looking forward to, he was able to endure the cross because of that glorious and triumphant state that he, uh, that he would uh, obtain through his death on the cross. Now, we have this word joy, and there's many seasons, there's many times in our life where we experience a joy. Uh, I think probably one of the, the top on my list, I know I'm not that old, so I don't have a, a very long list, but on the top of my list, uh, when I graduated from high school, let me tell you, I had just a little bit of joy when I graduated from high school, and then... Uh, to, 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 to make it even better, when I was able to get through four years of Bible college and I walked down that aisle and I got my diploma, man, that was some fullness of joy right there. I was shouting, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm done with Bible college. And there was some joy there to be had. And uh, as I became a father to Michael and Emma, let me tell you, children be, uh, bring an incredible joy uh, to your life. And I haven't experienced this yet, but grandchildren. Is there some joy with grandchildren? How about that, that word starting with the letter R? Retirement. Anyone joy about retirement? Okay, Brother George, we got that. Good. There's a lot of happenings in our life. There's a lot of occasions that we could look back and we could say, hey, you know, I, I had a certain level of joy. Man, I, I, I had, a, it was a joyous occasion. And uh, on my wedding day, I, I left that one out. On my wedding day, there was a joyous occasion. Oh, my soul. I did miss that one. And my wife and I were talking about this afternoon when I was seeking counsel from her, and she made sure that I mentioned that. But that was, that was a wonderful, joyous occasion. Mercy, help me, Lord. There's an outward expression of joy that when we are happy, when we have joy in our heart, what do we usually have on our face? We have a smile on our face. If, if there's joy in our heart, usually it comes out and we have a smile on our face. Now, I just did some research and I came across this interesting fact. There was a 12-year-old girl in Winnipeg, Canada. She held a smile on her face for 10 hours and 5 minutes to establish the new Guinness Book uh, World Record. Now think about it for a moment with me. I mean, can you imagine a, a, a girl, a 12-year-old girl in Canada for 10 hours and 5 minutes? <laughs> 10 hours and 5 minutes. It's hard for, for some of us to keep a smile on our face for 5 seconds more than 10 hours and 5 minutes. That's incredible. 
our outward expression of joy not only is smile, but it comes with a, a personality, a spirit, an attitude that's about us. It could be happy, a friendly, a positive uh, spirit. Now, I came into our teens on Target Sunday School class this morning, and uh, the, one of the first things that I said was, it's a great day, teens. It's a great day, a wonderful day. You know why it's a great day? And, you know, they're still waking up a little bit. I, I helped them out a little bit. Well, I said, hey, it's a great day because it's Sunday. It's Sunday's a great day. And not only sun, it's Sunday, but God is still on the throne. Every day is a great day when God is still on the throne. And if you're a Christian, if you're saved, hey, that's a great day every day because we're saved and we can have uh, uh, that hope of heaven. And uh, so I went through and then I said, and the last reason why it's such a great day is today. On September 29th, it is National Coffee Day. Woo! To all the coffee drinkers. And so day, t today is just an incredible day. I made sure to have my cup of coffee in the morning. And uh, glory to God. I asked the teens if they uh, were coffee drinkers. And, and there was a few that said that they like coffee. And so pray for those teens. They, they, uh, they're starting off a little too young, right? I got into coffee uh, during uh, my college career there, and, and it helped me stay awake, especially when I'm trying to uh, stay awake through the night because I didn't work on my, my paper, my six-page paper ahead of time that I was supposed to turn in the following morning. And so coffee became my very good friend. Um, but it's a great day, and, and, and we can have that outward expression that every day is a great day when, hey, God is still on the throne, and hey, we are saved, and we do have a, an, an eternal life in heaven that's waiting for us, and, and no matter what happens in this life, we can have joy in our hearts because of that very fact. Now tonight, we, we, we've covered different types of joy and, and what we'd have joy for in different occasions and how we can uh, express that joy, but tonight, I look at very specifically... Uh, and studying in this Psalm 16, the unwavering, everlasting joy that is found in trusting Jesus Christ and doing His will. Number one this evening, if you're taking notes, number one is we see the source of joy. Look at with me in, uh, in verse one, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Now we know throughout the Psalms, the, the, the psalmist would say, preserve me, protect me from mine enemies, uh, Lord, Lord, spare my life and help me. But I also believe in this passage, since it doesn't really refer to any enemies, I believe that David, referring to that last uh, 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 verse there in verse 11, how in, in, uh, if we have God before us, God will show us the path of life, and in his presence there is fullness of joy. I believe David was in that very state of fullness of joy. And David had that joy in his life, and, and God was working in his life and using him greatly. And I believe that David said in verse 1, he said, God, preserve me. God, keep me in the state that I am. I, I don't ever want to lose this joy. I don't ever want to lose the fullness of joy and, and uh, lose the experience of, of the pleasures forevermore at your right hand. God, would you preserve me, for in thee do I put my trust. In verse 2 it says, O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. In verse 2 we see we have the source of joy, and that's an obvious one, but, but uh, uh, exemplified through this Psalm 16 in verse 2. If we're going to have joy in our life, we're going to have to identify the source of that joy. And our soul must say, hey Lord, you are my Lord. God, you're my Savior. Jesus Christ, I'm trusting in you and you alone. And Jesus Christ can give you that joy uh, that, that you need in your life, that fullness of joy. 
God is the only source of this eternal, everlasting joy. If you want joy, you must make the Lord your Lord. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And the list goes on, but that joy is from the Spirit and living for God. If we're pleasing God with our life, the, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And we will have that in our life. Number two tonight, not only the source of joy do I see in this psalm, but number two, I see the service of joy. And looking at the, the latter end of verse two, it says, My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth. You know, that phrase, my goodness extendeth not to thee, kind of threw me a little bit. So my goodness, there's an impasse. It doesn't get up to God. But it extends to the saints. And I began to look at this, uh, th this verse here in, in that phrase. We have to understand that as we take the Lord as our Lord, if you're a Christian, we, we must do good. And we must be good because Christ was good, and He did good. And we're supposed to follow in Christ's footsteps as He is our Savior and our Lord. However, we must humbly understand that whatever we do, whatever good we do, it doesn't extend to God. Let me explain it through Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of your works. Lest any, uh, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Our good works, our righteousness, the Bible says it is as filthy rags. It's not enough to merit an eternal home in heaven. So we have to humbly admit and we have to humbly understand that really God, God doesn't need us to make him any more perfect. God is already complete. He's already omniscient, all-knowing. He's already omnipotent, all-powerful. He's already omnipresent, all-present. He's everywhere. And nothing that we could offer to God, the, the goodness that, that we could muster up, it's not going to benefit God in any way. But I will tell you one thing. Even though we don't, God doesn't need us, we, we sure do need Him. And we need Him to bless us. And we need His goodness to flow through us. And not, not, it, our goodness doesn't go to Him, but it does go to the saints, to our church family, to Roanoke Rapids. Our goodness, we can uh, extend a loving hand. We see this service of joy here because we understand that, hey, we're not going to be benefit God thinking that, that, that we're something that, that God needs but yet we can offer God our services and, and God can use us in an incredible way for the good that's in our life to minister to those that need it, the, to the saints of God that are in the earth. We have to understand that whatever we give to God, possessions, monetarily, our time, our efforts, everything that we give to God, He has already given it to us. And we are simply giving back to Him in return. And when you get that mindset and when you understand that, hey, everything that I have, I, I told the teens this morning, hey, look, my, my children, uh, uh, Miss Grace and our children, Michael and Emma, 
They're our kids, earthly speaking, but they're not ours. They're God's. And so I'm going to do my very best to raise Michael and Emma, and we're going to work together to raise them for the glory of the Lord. Man, I, I want my children to, to get to the point in their life when they make the decision for themselves to say, hey, here am I, Lord, send me. God, I want to fulfill my, uh, my purpose that you have for me in my life. See, whatever we have is of God, and we're simply just giving back to Him. In First uh, Chronicles 29, verse 14, the Bible says, as David's speaking here, he says, But who am I, and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? How are we so willing to give of what we have? Because for all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. We're just simply giving back to God. God is sovereign. And God is not affected by what we do or don't do for Him. However, we, we can do so much for Him and we can be used of Him in a great way if, if we allow ourselves to be used by Him. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of, yourselves, uh, of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. No, the, the truth is God doesn't need us to make him any more perfect or any more complete, but we definitely, we sure do need him. There's joy in serving Jesus. This service of joy here, this uh, David was explaining to us, hey, our goodness, it doesn't extend to God, but it sure does extend to the saints and the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. The joy that God gives, it should motivate us to serve others. I remember uh, my first day, call, uh, freshman year of college. Of course, there's the emotions of not knowing what to expect, that certain level of fear. And as uh, we were standing in line and, and going through the registration line and getting our dorm keys and all that, um, my dad and I were starting to head in with, with my bags into the dorm. And there was, there was a young man that was sitting outside on the bench of that door uh, to the dormitory, and uh, I, I noticed it right away, and it kind of it helped a little bit to see a friendly face, but man, this guy had a huge smile on his face. Just, hello, hey, how are you? How you doing? And, and it was super friendly. His name was Freese. And uh, Freese was just an incredible, outgoing man, always had the joy of the Lord. And, and uh, I, I began uh, my college career, to, uh, I got introduced to him, but we became good friends. And uh, his joy that he had, man, it was contagious, man. It, it wanted me to uh, be happy and joyous whenever I was around him. And it, uh, he, he did have a life that, that exemplified joy. And, and you know what it did for me? When I saw someone that had joy, it made me feel a little bit more comfortable. It, it helped my spirit. And, you know, with, with Freese, we, uh, we did junior church together, uh, beginner church, and did skits, and we had a great time at college. And Freese, let me say, he didn't go without trials. He didn't go without sorrows. There was, there was definitely a lot of that in his life. But, you know, he always had a smile on his face. And that's one of the things that, that I, I loved about Freese. What a great example to me. And I, I, I know he's not perfect by any means. None of us are. But he was a big help to me at college because of the joy that he spread to others just by having a, a friendly face, just for having, uh, allowing that joy of the Lord to come and show on his face and to be exemplified through his life. So we have the service of joy. Number three, we have the substitute for joy. I'd, I'd like you to look at verse four with me. The Bible says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten 
after another god. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. In this world that we live in, in the flesh that we have, God has purposely put an empty spot in our hearts. There's a spot in every one of our lives, in every one of our hearts, that literally only God can fill. Only God can satisfy. And, and we see that in, in, in verse 11 there. But unfortunately, there's a time when this world, if we're not careful and if we let the flesh get the better of us, and um, um, maybe there's, there's uh, I'm sure we've all experienced it, but trying in the search for trying to fill that void in our life and trying to fill that, that hole in our heart, we start going after the, the things of the world. We start going after the little g-gods in the world, and it may not be Buddha or, or, or some other false religion. It may be drugs or alcohol. It, it may be the wrong kind of music. It may be immorality or, or, or a, a cult. or a, a, All these methods, people try to take it because they, they think it, it might just fill that, that longing. It might just fill that, that hole in their heart. The results of substituting God for the fleeting uh, uh, for God, I'm sorry, the result of substituting God for the fleeting happiness that the world offers is multiplied sorrows. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Our decision is this. As a child of God, as David made the decision there in that, that second part of that verse, hey, I'm not going to partake of it. I'm not going to partake in, the, in their, uh, their blood uh, drink offerings. I'm not going to take the, the names of those gods in my lips. I'm, I'm going to separate myself. I'm not going to allow myself to be tainted by the world. I'm not going to allow myself to allow this joy to leave my life. I'm not going to uh, uh, allow me to be depressed and discouraged and get hooked onto something I shouldn't be on uh, because I'm attracted to it or because I'm trying to fill some void in my life that I don't have. But when you have Jesus Christ, you will have that fullness of joy. You will find that, that completeness that you've been longing for. If you just simply trust God as your personal Savior, hey, let me tell you, that longing that you've had so long and that you've tried and tried and failed to fill, that longing will be satisfied. Because God has promised us that He will give us the fullness of joy. And that there is pleasures uh, forevermore at His right hand. Our decision as a child of God should be to not partake in those activities, to keep ourselves pure and all unadulterated from the world. Point four tonight, not only the substitute for joy, but we, we see here in this Psalm 16 the security of joy. Look at verses five and six with me. The Bible says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. This ties back to our source of joy. As God is our source of joy, He has given to us, if we trust Him, if we lean on Him and not on our own understanding, if we fully place our faith and trust in Him as our Lord and Savior, you know what God's going to give us? He's going to give us that wonderful, that goodly heritage. Those verses there, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. Hey, God is my portion. God uh, has prepared for me a, a place called heaven. And that's the, the object, that, that's, that's the joy that, that we can look forward to as a Christian. You know, I've said uh, at the beginning that joy is the passion or emotion excited by the expectation of good. 
And we all, if, if, if you are a Christian tonight, we all have that expectation of good that one day, man, one day we'll see his face. One day we'll see the face of our loved ones. One day we will have that place called heaven to be ours. And God has given to, uh, that to us. You see there in the phrase in verse 5, it says, Thou, God, maintainest my lot. God takes care of it. God's preparing it. Nobody's going to come and take it away. It's a promise of God, and God never fails. Maintain means to hold, to keep, not to lose or surrender. And Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 through 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that, uh, that where I am, there ye may be also. We cannot lose our joy. We can't, we can't lose that, that hope of heaven. It's ours. It's ours. God, that's the inheritance that God has given to us. That's our goodly heritage. We also can't lose our joy, but it's contingent on our living our life for God. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we're ever going to experience that fullness of joy, we've got to do our part in living and obeying God's word. Would you turn with me, please, to Colossians chapter 3. This is one spot here, and uh, keep your place there in, in Psalm 16. Colossians chapter 3, and verse 1, the Bible says here, If ye then be risen with Christ... In verse 1, Colossians 3, 1, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify, verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You see, this, this whole Christian life, the, the life that we're supposed to live day by day, God has given us a specific promise that we can have joy. But those lists that we list off, all those negative, sinful things, those are the very things that, that could steal your joy. Those are the very things that could get you down in the dumps. Those are the very things that could get you discouraged or depressed. But can I say, if, if you keep uh, God in the forefront, if, if you live for God and if you please God with your life and you stay in His presence, hey, God has promised that you will have joy. It doesn't matter if a trial or a storm comes, then they all come. We're all human. But we can smile at the storm as the, as the child song goes. With Christ as my vessel, I can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. Hey, we can smile at our trials and our troubles that we have 
simply because we can have the joy that isn't contingent upon the happenings here on earth, but it's contingent on the hope and the joy that we have in heaven. We can have that today. And, and don't let these things that we just listed off from the Bible, don't, don't let them steal your joy. If we keep our focus on Christ and off of ourselves, nothing can take away that joy that God has promised us. And uh, verse 5, and I'm done, uh, uh, not verse 5, point 5, is the satisfaction of joy. In Psalm 1611, as we began with this verse, I'll end with it. The Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We talked about that substitute for joy and, and what we try to, to do in vain to try to fill that emptiness inside of us. But we have to understand that that satisfaction of joy comes from God and God alone. And He gives us that fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Could I ask you tonight, are you filled with joy? Do people see the joy that is inside you? My son Michael, this is probably his favorite phrase right now. He just says it all the time. He says it quietly. He says it at the top of his lungs. But uh, my wife said he said it when I pulled up uh, from work for lunch one day and, and he saw me through the window and he yells, Daddy, where are you? <laughs> and uh, I, I, I walked in and I, I love it when, when Michael comes running to, to greet me at the door when I come home from work. But, uh, you know, now I'm asking the same question as my son. I love hearing him talk and, and say that. But could I ask you, where, where is your joy? Where is it tonight? We can all have it. We all have the capability. We can all claim that promise that God has given us, that fullness of joy. But there is a stipulation. There is a stipulation there in verse 8. And you can highlight this phrase. I think it's an important one here. The Bible says in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. It goes hand in hand with verse 11. If we set the Lord always before us, literally in everything that we do, in every aspect of our life, if we get God's counsel on it, if we get His direction on it, if we let Him take the steering wheel of our life, if we set God before us, then Thou, God, will show us the path of life. And God will allow us to experience that fullness of joy and the pleasures forevermore. Do you have the joy tonight that only Jesus can give? If, if you're not saved, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that's the first step. Man, get, get to know and, and, and claim the Lord as your Lord. Accept Christ as your Savior to experience this wonderful joy. Are you experiencing joy in your daily life? It's a choice. Tomorrow when you go to work, are you going to allow the joy to come through? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday... When we're back here Sunday, are we going to allow the joy to overtake our life, to allow that to come out, maybe through a smile, maybe through just a positive spirit? I know we go through troubles and trials, and I'm not minimizing that. But I wonder if maybe the joy that we allow to shine through our lives, even when we go through the hard times, I wonder if that would help somebody else that's having a hard time too. Do we have the joy? Is there something in your life that may be stealing that joy? I wonder, we, we, we must, as a church, as an individual, we must keep God at the forefront of our life. And that enables His guidance, and it enables His blessing 
and the fullness of joy. I've set the Lord always before me. And if we do that, thou wilt show me the path of life. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.